Welcome to the YM Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Shaw. Our vision is to educate and engage apostolic leaders just like you so you can become more effective in youth ministry. Our goal is to help and serve you as you help serve and lead the next generation of apostolics. One of the ways you can support this show is by leaving us a review, a star rating in your favorite podcast app. Better yet, share this episode on social media or text it to a group of friends and fellow leaders. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Somebody get me my 20 points for my quotation completion question. That's right. I used to be a Bible quizzer, and the book of Acts was a book that I memorized. Let's not get into how long ago, but let's just say it was the 90s. As a very young quizzer, and senior Bible quizzing. And today, I can't think of anyone better to talk to us about the ministry of Bible quizzing than Russ Fulbert. He has been involved in many capacities in this ministry, beginning all the way in 1984 as a junior quizzer. Now he serves UPCI Youth Ministries as the Bible quizzing director, an experienced division quiz master. He writes district and national quiz questions, conducts Bible quiz extravaganzas, and the North American Bible quiz tournament. He also serves as Assistant Director of Library Services at Urshan College and has extensive youth ministry experience, having been a youth pastor in many churches across our great organization. But today he's here to talk to us about his passion for Bible quizzing and how you can launch this ministry in your youth group. So without any further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Russ Faubert. Hey, Russ, it's so awesome to have you on the YM podcast today. And so uh, I, I don't want to take any of your time. I want to turn everything over to you so you can talk to us a little bit about Bible quizzing. Show's yours. Go for it, my friend. All right. Well, thanks so much, Adam. Appreciate you having me on. Um, I, I wanted to open with a couple of scriptures that have been on my heart uh, a lot lately, and I think that they will sort of uh, set the backdrop, the scriptural backdrop for what I'd like to, to talk about in Bible quizzing. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3.10 and 11 says, I've seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it, which has long struck me about that verse is that they've seen the travail that God hath given, that the travail was a gift. We don't often think of it that way. And uh, of course, verse 11, we're, we're not unfamiliar with. He hath made everything beautiful in his time or its time. It's appropriate, appointed time. Also, he has set the world in their heart, the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And a, uh, the second scripture, one that for those who are involved in quizzing may not be unfamiliar at all, Zechariah 4, 6, this is the Lord speaking to the prophet with a word to Zerubbabel, which at this point in his life and ministry, you know, he had spent years trying to build the temple, uh, had failed repeatedly, was weak, frustrated, had nothing left. And this is what God says in Zechariah 4, 6. He answered and spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And I, I usually 
take these scriptures to really frame uh, quizzing because for many, Bible quizzing is more of a game than a ministry. And, and I get that. That's understandable. You know, certainly you, you see the questions being asked and answered, two teams competing. And memorizing scripture is universally accepted as beneficial and, and commendable. However, when we see the ministry of the game, the winning can easily become the focus. And whether you're deeply involved in the, in the Bible quizzing or you're not, you're just sort of uh, seeing it from outside the ministry, um, that focus is, is, can easily grip us. And when this occurs, either two attitudes tend to prevail. It's one, we will win because we try harder. We're going to muscle this out. We're going to spend more time. We're going to get down. And that can have a negative effect, um, not only within the, the ministry and on the quizzers, but even those outside, they see uh, the ministry as like, that's all consuming. That's all you ever do is just Bible quizzing. And so that approach can have a, a negative side effect. Or the other end of the spectrum is, well, we can't win. So we won't try. And both of those reveal a, a focus on the winning and on the game rather than on ministry. Um, Bible quizzing is not a football, or the, the, I should say the word of God, not a football and Bible quizzing so much more than a game. So I, I'd like to unpack a little bit uh, of that. Um, you know, the results at a quiz board are really the byproduct. And we have to keep those in perspective. Certainly, uh, we want to do our, our best. And in doing so, that does not at all or should not diminish the excellence that should be invested in anything that we do, certainly. And offering our best to God is what he deserves and, and nothing less. But your best won't look like somebody else's best. And even during one season of your life, you know, uh, as a 17-year-old high school student, your best is going to look different than your best as an 18-year-old college student. And we need to simply offer to God what our best in that season uh, of our life and trust that God will honor that and make it more than we could on our own. And everybody's best doesn't necessarily translate to points scored at the board, right? Um, we're never going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful high scorer. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And it's that daily faithfulness in preparation. And everyone can be faithful in their preparation. Um, so no matter how many trophies are won or ribbons are presented, the core, my core goal as uh, the director of Bible quizzing is to develop Christ-like character in young men and women. And if we haven't done that, then we've lost. But his character cannot be developed without faithful and sacrificial effort. So I define the win, and I encourage every parent and every coach, every pastor, every leader within quizzing, to define the win in Bible quizzing as the discipleship of young men and women by the study and application of God's word in and through their lives. 
And Bible quizzing is such an effective vehicle for discipleship, not the only vehicle, certainly, but such an effective vehicle for discipleship because it happens daily. It happens in the home and with the word of God. And these elements just make it so impactful. As I said, sort of the temptation, if we get a little too far afield, the temptation is to presume as um, the Israelites were warned in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You know, they were going into the promised land and they were going to receive houses they hadn't built and vineyards they hadn't planted and wells they hadn't dug. And they're going to say, oh, wow, you know, this is all ours and we've done this ourselves. But as we've already shared, Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So how do we guard against this temptation and keep things in balance and perspective? Or at least we're always going to be tempted, I think, because you know, we've got to crucify the flesh daily. But how do we not succumb to this temptation? And I say that we do it just as Jesus did with Scripture. So just for just quick in a nutshell for the sake of time, um, concepts to share that they help guard against this. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the thoughts and intents of the heart will not be discerned without the word of God. That means that the more the word that we're in, the more that we're studying, the more of that crud in our lives is going to come to the surface. You know, I've had people share, well, we started a Bible quizzing ministry and all hell broke loose. You know, what's with that? I, we never experienced this. I'm like, well, yeah, all of that stuff that was already there begins to come to the surface where we can deal with it, address it, grow, mature young men and women, disciple them. Uh, James chapter one tells us that looking into the word of God gives us the blessing and the grace to change. Conversely, again, if we're not in the word of God, man, that makes it so much more difficult to change and to become more Christ-like. Jeremiah 9 tells us that glory is not found in wisdom or knowledge alone, but in understanding and knowing the Lord. And we partnered that scripture with John 1.1, which illustrates that the God of the word cannot be known without knowing the word of God. So that's really the glory and the and the the growth that we find in knowing Him more through His Word. So, and that's just in a nutshell. I mean, we could break out a whole weeks worth of Bible studies on those scriptures alone. Um, but the result uh, of these concepts uh, is really going to impact how you, uh, young people approach. Bible quizzing this ministry. So the wrong pressure will be relieved. Right? When you're quoting the word of God, it should be quoted in worship to the Lord, whether that's in your bedroom, at the kitchen table, or at a quiz board. And when you're quoting scripture back to God, it becomes worship. And when you're in that an atmosphere of worship, it's more likely that his anointing is going to be felt. And in that sort of environment, the natural nervousness that you may feel begins to ebb away because you're not trusting in your own aptitude or ability, but you're trusting in the Lord. You're offering it up unto him. Um, 
it's very important to understand that the other team is not your opponent. Yes, we we set up the framework and uh, of the ministry in sort of a competitive uh, framework, but they're not opponents. You're quizzing with the other team unto the Lord, and you're quizzing against um, the, the quiz questions that you hear. Because win or lose, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we want the best for each other. And the, definitely the devil will seek to inject jealousy and envy uh, into the hearts of young people to pit them against each other. But there should be no schism and division in the body. Um, yes, you can be disappointed to lose, but that disappointment can be overcome at the joy that you have for your brothers and sisters in Christ when they've done well. So, um, these concepts that we shared as well, with an attitude of pride will be stifled. And um, I can speak from personal experience, my word, how the Lord worked me over for years um, dealing with my pride and continues to do so. The, of course, scripture tells us that the Lord knows the proud from afar. And so quizzing should not be a performance that we're proud of, but it's God's performance through quizzers. God could have used that day on the battlefield between the, the, the Israelites and the Philistines. You know, when Goliath was standing out there, God could have used just about anything other than a teenage boy to take out this giant, right? I mean, he could have had an earthquake opened up and swallowed him. He could have sent a lightning bolt, you know, a meteor or something. To, but he used a teenage boy. And David says why in 1 Samuel 17, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Not just that there is a God but that there is a God in Israel, in us, and can work through us to see his will and his way accomplished. And so when we stifle our pride and give God the glory, quoting the word of God, God's looking for those who are going to give him the glory and not hold, uh, keep it for themselves. Um, on the heels of that, you can depend on God's power. Now, we've already uh, shared uh, Zechariah 4, 6, and in Ephesians 6, 10, Paul sort of shares the his New Testament equivalent to, to that verse, and I'll, I'll read it in the Amplified. It says, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. So with the proper attitude and spirit, quizzers can quiz under the anointing of the Lord and even beyond their abilities. Like God's not going to bring to your memory what you've not learned, but I can share personal testimonies, testimonies of other quizzers, friends uh, of mine, how that God had dropped things into their mind or into their spirit that were without explanation. I, I remember turning around from a, a timeout at the quiz board ready to answer the next question and I just God spoke to me uh, as an 18 year old young man said the next question is going to be a quotation question over this specific verse and I remember just feeling the the anointing so strongly and, and just my hands trembling and um, the quiz master read question number 15 the quotation question where 
And I, I, I can't really even tell you what happened after that because I just went for it after he said question, picked up the mic, answered. And that's what it, it was. I, I can't explain that except that God can take our abilities and make them so much more than we can if we have faithfully prepared and invested. It's much like preachers in the pulpit. Sometimes they can't even tell you everything that they preach afterwards or you're in the altar and you're speaking a word into somebody's life and they may come to you afterwards or even weeks, months, years later and say that was so impactful and you're like, I don't even remember. It's because God was working beyond your abilities. It can happen at the quiz board as well and it's it's sort of a precursor and provide touchstones for later elements of ministry in life as well. And lastly, um, God's choice can be trusted. You know, once quizzers have thoroughly prepared, they've given their best and they've been faithful in preparation, you can trust the result to God. As I said, the winning and losing, that's, that's the byproduct. Um, we, it's so easy to sort of point fingers or blame this or that as to why things didn't work out the way that we wanted them to work out. Um, but when we trust God, it takes the, the pride out of victory, knowing that it's him working through us, but it also takes the despair out of defeat, knowing that even if we don't receive the accolades or the awards that we'd hoped for, that we'd prepared for, God will reward quizzers who have been faithful in his way and in his timing. It takes a lot of faith, but it's such an important lesson to learn as young as possible, certainly. There's a great quote from John Ruskin, who's a 19th century English writer, that said, the highest reward for a man's toil is not what he gets for it, but what he becomes by it. And to, to loop back to our opening scripture in Ecclesiastes 3, I don't know if John Ruskin may have been inspired by Ecclesiastes, probably not, but it sounds very familiar what we read initially. I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. You know, exercise builds strength. It's the repetition. It's the faithfulness in daily preparation, daily in the word, and breaking it down even to like a, the repetition of verse after verse after verse. Um, and it, reading Ecclesiastes 3.11 again, this time in the Amplified, he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out comprehend, grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. And the, the wonderful thing about getting into the word and time spent with the word is time spent with God is that there's a longing that grows that nothing else can satisfy the word, his presence. And that should not only stop with when you're no longer a quizzer, but that ramp up period grows and uh, becomes greater and greater. There's no ceiling with God. And so I, I love how the Amplified renders Ecclesiastes uh, 3.11 that way. Can we explain it all? Nope. 
We cannot wrap our finite brains around everything that God has from beginning to end, except that I know that I want to know him more. And the way I do that is by understanding and spending time in his word more. Yeah. So that, that's what I, I had to share with you today, Adam. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much, Russ, for your, your insights. And I know um, that's going to be so helpful to all of uh, those that are quizzing coaches and maybe even quizzers that are listening right now. Um, kind of the way we always launch into these interview portions after, you know, everyone has made their presentation and talked about uh, kind of what was on their heart is we want to get a chance to, um, to know you a little bit better. And uh, so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your story and journal uh, and not journal journey into, into Bible quizzing. And um, those who don't know you uh, or know you from a distance may not understand that you and I actually have, a uh our our the story of our lives is connected as we are both canadian and when you we started the recording you had your tim hortons cup in the office there with you um i just want to let all the american listeners know that that we are here um we are here we're 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 everywhere like everywhere you turn there's a canadian doing something in the united pentecostal church um but i wonder if you could Tell us a little bit about your your story in the youth ministry, your journey specifically into leading in Bible quizzing. Well, um, okay, I'll try to take nearly forty years and condense this into maybe forty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I going to go back to Stittsville to do that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, I was ten years old when my dad and brother and I uh, began attending the church and came to the Lord. And it was a, a very challenging time in our family. My, my mother was no longer in the home at that time. Um, but I, I thank God's grace and a uh, wonderful pastor and church family uh, who helped guide us through that time. And the, the next year I got involved in Bible quizzing, and it really was a solidifying factor in my life with all the other upheaval, you know, um, that I was experiencing. And it just naturally, even if, you have a, a wonderful home life and, and a intact nuclear family, you know, at 11, 12, 13, 20. I mean, just life has lots of change at that time. Uh, and Bible quizzing was that the word of God really provided a foundation and a grounding uh, for me during that time. I actually saw quizzing in action on a, a Wednesday night uh, pre-service. They sort of did a, a bit of a demo to promote it to the, the church. And this was not a large church. It, it was a North American missions church at that. They called it home missions at that time. Um, and there may, I don't know that there were 30 people uh, in the church at that time. It was probably in the, the mid twenties, uh, but they were promoting Bible quizzing. And I got involved as a junior quizzer first at 11 and then seven years of senior quizzing. Um, you know, those first four years of senior quizzing, I didn't learn all the material. We were really growing and developing, but our, my pastor, uh, Brother Alonzo Dummett, had a, a long-term vision for the ministry and believed in its uh, efficacy. And so while we definitely had some ups and downs and maybe more downs during those first few years, uh, we stuck with it. And um, those last three years, um, we really applied ourselves and uh, 
so from there, I, I immediately began coaching after I was no longer age eligible to be a quiz or a coach for seven years. Uh, I then um, served as the Ontario District Quiz Coordinator for five years before we relocated to, to Michigan. And yeah, I, I was serving as a, as a national official for a time, a, a national question writer. I still write uh, the national questions. And um, there was a, a time, let me think, I think it was 2000 and the end of 2004 that I was asked by the youth ministry's leadership at that time if I would partner with Brother Nathan Reaver, who was the quiz director, uh, to serve as the experienced division quiz master, uh, which I continue to do. And then when Brother Reaver retired from his role as the director he, at the end of 2017, um, I was asked to assume that role, which I've done um, since that time. So, that's an incredible, it's an incredible story. I and uh, I, I have not been, you know, kind of had a front row, front row seat, except for the eight years I was youth president in Ontario, where we saw one another at national meetings. But I remember some of those early quizzing leading years. I remember one of the first uh, times I'd heard you preach was in Bishop's Mills, Ontario. I remember, I remember the message. It was, it was fantastic. He preached about inoculation, how Satan wants to inoculate us to against uh, uh, or in the world so that we become kind of numb or immune to the impact and the effect of sin. I remember that had an impact uh, on my life. And so um, thank you for that. That's a, that's an incredible story, but how Bible quizzing served as an anchor in your life in, in a tumultuous, in a tumultuous time. And it, and it will help all of our listeners kind of get a chance to understand your passion um, uh, for it just a little bit better. For those that are unfamiliar, we've got a lot of different leaders and we've got a lot of young and new youth workers that listen to this show. Uh, for those unfamiliar, what's Bible quizzing? For those that may not be aware of what it is and uh, what what is what is Bible quizzing? Well, um. I always like to answer that question with the big picture and then drill down. So to use the deductive process, go for Bible, it. Bible quizzing at its heart is a discipleship ministry. It's about getting young men and women into the word of God on a daily basis in their home. And the vehicle that we use for that is, yeah, scriptural memorization. Uh, we gather for tournaments and then uh, we ask questions, the questions are answered, there are points given, trophies presented, that sort of, but really um, all of those trappings are the vehicle through which we get the word of God and that daily practice of being in the word. Because in my experience as a, not only involved in Bible quizzing, but I, I've served as a youth pastor uh, four, four different times uh, over the years, well into my uh, mid to late 40s even. And one of the things that I've found most difficult is to establish that daily devotion, prayer and devotion, time in the word in the life of a, of a young person. And so Bible quizzing really does uh, help to establish that. Uh, there are no guarantees, unfortunately, in, in anything that we do in youth ministry. However, um, that's really the, the heart of the, the ministry. Uh, the other things are fun too. Uh, it, it attracts a lot of attention. It's what grabbed my attention, you know, when I was a 10 year old and liked to compete. 
and I wanted to win, right? But um, it's so much more than that, as I've already shared. Yeah. So many of our our listeners, they are they're young leaders. They're bivocational. They have young families, uh, which which means that they are extremely stretched for for time. I mean, it's just it's the reality of typically we take the people in the most, you know, craziest season of their whole life and like, hey, lead a generation that is also in the craziest season of of their life because we feel that you're younger and you can connect more. And that's great. It's wonderful. Uh, however, uh, what sometimes happens is you feel like your plate is is pretty full and you're trying to choose which things in your youth ministry that you are you're going to do. So I wonder if you could just make the case as to why launching a Bible quiz ministry, if they're choosing what auxiliary things to launch and to do besides their weekly youth gathering, youth service, Sunday school class, however, that weekly event for the corporate larger group manifests itself. Um, why, why do Bible quizzing over one of the other great things that a youth pastor or a youth worker can do. So uh, make that pitch to us as the national director. Well, um, before I do, let me say um, I, I feel for all youth ministers because when I was a youth pastor the first time in my mid-20s, um, I, I probably w got the role more. One, I wasn't complete reprobate, uh, so I'm just glad for that. Uh, but my, I was age-appropriate. Right. And in your mid 20s, yeah. that, that was like my biggest factor. And I remember driving to work one day with my hands on the wheel of the car shaking because um, I had gone like 40 days without a break. Um, so it. It was was working with newly married. We had a, a, a our first child. I, I couldn't say no <laughs> to anything. I wanted yeah. to be involved in everything. And I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, quite frankly, at 26 years old. So I feel for, for youth ministers. Um, I learned a lot coming out of that. Um, in, in fact, you know, preparing for to talk with you today, the uh, there was a statistic that came to mind. It was a 2014 study of youth pastors, bivocational youth pastors, and the average tenure was one year and 11 months as a bivocational youth pastor. And that just grieved me, but I understand it as well. Now, that's like the, the broad evangelical, modern evangelical churches, but still, you know, just under two years on average. Yeah. And that sort of turnover, it's just not healthy, you know, to a church or a youth group um, that way. So I, I would begin by saying that whether you choose to get involved in Bible quizzing or not, look for areas where you can probably need to cut back. You don't have to say no to everything. You don't have to prove your worth as a youth minister. Um, and that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Certainly, I to this day I describe myself as a recovering perfectionist <laughs> because I wanted to do everything 
every you know, wanted to do everything and do everything so very well. Um, but I had to learn the hard way that sometimes 60, 70% of my focus was going to have to be good enough. You know? Yeah. Um, that even, even now, as I say, it, it sort of grinds on me a little, but as I said, recovering by God's grace. So why would somebody choose to, I'll try to answer this as succinctly as possible. This is an extremely personal uh, choice uh, for families, for local ministries as well. I don't know what you're facing. So for me to be presumptuous and say, you should have a Bible quiz ministry, um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to share the the huge pluses of that, of having a, a quiz ministry. Yeah. Um, and it really keys off of what I've already said in terms of discipleship. It's so important that we have those weekly youth events. And as Pentecostals and especially as youth ministers, we do events really well. The, and this was a concept that was reinforced to me um, just a few years back uh, with uh, the release of Brother Stan Gleason's book, Follow the Lead. And of the great, many great concepts that he shares, you know, he, he shares that we tend to overestimate or over-prioritize events and we underestimate the process. And discipleship is a process. You know, I, I recently uh, shared how that if the Israelites had just shown up to Jericho and everybody just shouted, the walls wouldn't have come down. But there was process right. that led up to that. It was the, the daily discipline of putting one foot in front of another in the heat of the day around and around those walls in silence that led up to that moment, that event where everybody shouted and the walls came down. Now, if they just walked, the walls would have stood. If they just shouted, the walls would have stood. But we really have to combine these, the process, the discipleship with the event, and then the process following the event as well. Uh, I think of Elijah on Mount Carmel, where this incredible, Incredible event gathers all of Israel and challenges the, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves. And, you know, we know the story. The fire fell and everybody is chanted, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. But what comes after that is that Elijah took those 850 prophets and killed each and every one of them. And that... That process, that's messy. We can have the great moments. We need them. We have to have them. I don't detract from that at all. But we also have to have the process in advance and following. And that means, you know, I mean, that's a, an Old Testament. I'll, I preached a message uh, some years ago called Messy But Necessary. We've got to do the necessary but messy work of crucifying the flesh and killing things off in our lives, just like Elijah had to do. You know, to maintain that, that victory. So I would say that Bible quizzing really reinforces that process. Right. And it's a long term vision. Um, and you, yeah, I mean, it, it requires a commitment. It's on the part of families 
and, and this is an area of youth ministry that I really grew in as a, as a youth pastor because I was uniquely positioned as a bridge or facilitator between the young people on one hand and their parents on the other. When the whole world is seeking to push them away from each other, we need to be countercultural and draw that and close the generation gap. And as a youth minister, I was uniquely positioned to do exactly that. So Bible quizzing allowed me that opportunity to say, hey, parents, you can get together with your, your young people around the word of God. What an incredible equation that is. Um, so, yeah, it, it has incredible long-term uh, impacts as well in, in terms of retention and discipleship, and leadership development. You know, if we're trying to disciple a, a group of 50 young people once a week, I mean, you're pushing a huge rock uphill. Like, and that's part of the reason that so many youth ministers get burned out. You know, we got to work hard. Certainly, we got to work smart, too. Yeah. So from what I'm hearing is that, hey, you get you get young people involved in Bible quizzing, and, and what's going to happen is they're going to begin to build habits and processes in their lives where they'll be taking ownership of their own discipleship. And, and they will be, you're, you're hardwiring the core and critical habits of being in the Bible um, every day, because in order to, to, to do well, or even really to do okay at Bible quizzing, it's going to require discipline and um, the, as the competitive aspects, the game aspect of it may be the catalyst for some that gets them into the Bible, and if they can hide their word in the hide the word in their heart, not just in their head, it's going to make an impact over over a long long period of time. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You've articulated it wonderfully there, um, definitely. So let's talk let's talk nuts and bolts for a second. So let's let's um, let's talk to the youth pastor. That's like okay, look, I I want young people in the Word. I want them memorizing Scripture. Everything that I've tried thus far hasn't worked, but I feel that this may this may be the thing that we can we can try, we can start, and this will help get the ball um, the ball rolling. Um, what does it take? What does it take to get a team started? So imagine right now you got a captive audience with a youth worker, a youth pastor. It's like, okay, you sold me, you got me. I want to start a team, and so. What do I what do I do now? Walk them through the steps. Well, um, I've got a top ten list, and uh, that's great. That we love we love lists. <laughs> sure, and each of these I could spend thirty minutes blowing out, but uh, I'll try to keep it succinct. Uh, so this is the top ten things that I share with people that you need to launch launch right a Bible quizzing ministry. You know, they're uh, there are different levels that you can take it to, certainly, but to get it off the ground. One, prayer. Right? Don't go into this thinking, you know, with a mentality that this is another sport or take the, the, the soccer or hockey mentality. That right. So it's got to be done in prayer. It's got to be done thoughtfully. It's got to be God directed. Uh, number two, pastoral and parental support. Every local ministry rises and falls with the support of the pastor, whether directly or indirectly. And Bible quizzing is, is not really just like discipleship, just like living for God. 
it's not an addition to your life. It becomes a lifestyle. And being in the word on a daily basis, memorizing scripture, gathering, it becomes that lifestyle. You will not have an effective lifestyle implementation without the support of, of parents. So pastoral and parental support. Uh, number three, all you need are two students, age 12 to 18, right? Two students, and you think, well, you know, my students are they're they don't really fit the Bible quizzing mold. I don't even know what that is, except that if, if you've been in youth ministry long enough, you know that there will be students who surprise you. That you you had them pigeonholed in one way and they completely blow your expectations out of the water. So don't don't pigeonhole anybody. Um, so just two kids. You need a, a copy of the current year's material. And uh, this year we're studying guided. It's a little late uh, at this point in towards the end of April to get involved, but we're going to be um, launch, rolling out and launching uh, next year's study towards the end of the summer with plenty of time to prepare and get up to speed. So copy the material. Um, every, just about every district has got a Bible quizzing coordinator assigned and they've got uh, resources that they can share. They can uh, come and explain the ministry, pitch the ministry, help your local team get up to speed. If there's any other teams in the district, I can assure you that they would be more than willing to help you launch as well. So your coordinator contact info and from your coordinator, you can get an idea of what other teams are involved as well. Even if it's going to see uh, how they hold their practices and involved with their uh, quizzers also. Um, number six, a budget, right? To, to travel, to uh, buy quiz materials costs money. So uh, be sure to have a budget. A budget means accountability as well should always be, have that accountability in place. Uh, number seven, you need to schedule for your learning. Uh, it's not just if you don't, if you're not intentional, you don't plan it out, it's not gonna happen. Uh, number eight, a weekly practice to, uh, to cover that accountability, to, to say, hey, have you done what you've been asked to do and laid out to do and to test that and to identify areas to improve. Number nine, you need quiz questions. If you're going to hold a practice, if you're going to get into the word and memorizing a verse is, is the foundational point to be able to be involved in Bible quizzing. But quiz questions allow you to dissect a verse and look at it from all sorts of different angles, like turning a diamond in your hand. You see all of the different facets and how it gleams. And so quiz questions allow you to, to do that as well. Uh, and lastly, I'd say number 10, you need a long-term big picture vision because you'll get frustrated and you'll want to quit and you may not see results, right? If you're working with a 12 or a 13 year old, you may not see those results right away, but when they're 18, 19, 20, the return on the investment will become evident. And when they're 30 or 40, I mean, it's just, I continue to reap the benefits as a product of this ministry. So you need that long-term picture vision to keep things in perspective. Um, so that's my top 10. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And I'd encourage everyone that's interested in launching into a Bible quizzing uh, ministry um, to make sure you write those top 10 things down. If not, you can just hit the rewind button 
drag drag the uh, the slider back um, and and listen to that again and and jot those down. And if you need to get a hold of your Bible quizzing coordinator, you don't know who that is, you can always reach out to your district youth president, and um, they will. Uh, be able to let you know who that who that individual is. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Russ. We got one more question for you, and it's a question that we ask everybody that uh, that that comes on the show, simply because um, youth ministry is unique, and everybody has uh, has one story um, that is a little crazy, a little out there. Things that can only be explained within the vacuum of youth ministry. Uh, what's yours? Well, um, man, I, I don't know that a lot of crazy things have happened um, other than maybe the fact that, you know, my late 40s, I was still youth pastoring. That seems kind of crazy. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that alone there, we could just add some eerie music in behind and be like, mid-40s, I was a youth pastor. And it's like, what? Yeah, well... <laughs> Quite, quite frankly, I'll, I'll get to the story that I do have in mind, but quite frankly, I was a much better youth pastor in my mid-40s than I was in my mid-20s. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. the experience and the fact that I had teenagers in the youth group, and really as a parent of teenagers, they were my biggest asset into the mind of uh, teenagers, Gen X, uh, uh, not, not Gen X, I'm Gen X, um, Gen Z. Gen Z, at yeah. The time. Yeah. So, um, I, I, well, I, many times, you know, at youth gatherings or youth ministry workshops and that I was the oldest guy in the room. Um, I, I own that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Really? <laughs> so, um, the one, one story does come to mind we were at a, a lock-in and, uh, I'll tell you the, the lock-ins when you're 45 definitely hit different than when you're 25. They do. They hit, they, someone <laughs> say that. They hit you in the stomach. It's just, it's, it is absolutely excruciating if you're not in bed before midnight. <laughs> Staying up to 3 a.m., like you feel it physically for days. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had played some some dodgeball, and it was just, that's what the, the young people wanted to keep playing. So I think we played, I don't know, eight, nine games of dodgeball throughout that evening. And this one game, I don't know, it was like 2 or 3 a.m., this one young man, uh, was up near front near the line in sort of boxed in in the corner and he was about 13 14 years old gangly all knees and elbows you know kind of <laughs> and i just the ball was there and i picked it up and just out of instinct i just unloaded and i was probably four feet from him and <laughs> and i just ricocheted that thing right off of his melon you know, just right square <laughs> on the forehead and the eye socket. And his head was like back, like back into the left, just, just jerked. And <laughs> in that, <laughs> the same, I was immediately aghast. I was thinking, oh my, my goodness, what have I, I done? <laughs> I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, like I've just assaulted a minor. <laughs> even even beyond the the physical impact of the the ball on his skull, um, I was thinking <laughs> I have just embarrassed this young man in front of every the whole youth group. Yes. You know, there was that. I was like, oh my goodness. But to his credit, he bounced up. He was cool with it. He was all right. Um, 
Uh, there was no well, blood. There was there was no, no, no broken no. eye socket. Well, that's good. Yeah, even to this day, uh, you know, because I, I will see him. He was involved in Bible quizzing as well, so I would see him at, at tournaments and, and stuff. And uh, He would duck. And, no and, irreparable and, and, harm done, <laughs> thankfully, yeah. Well, you know, the uh, reason why we ask these stories, as we're talking before we launch recording, is is youth ministry is just one of those those things. It's one of those bubbles within side of the local church that it makes no sense no sense whatsoever uh, to uh, if you were to take these stories and to transplant them in any other facet of life, any other ministry in the church. But if you preface it with one time at a youth lock-in around 3 a.m., I uh, hurled a, a a spherical object into the face of a child. Um you're like, hey, it was the moment you go, it was a youth group event. Everyone goes, oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. It was 3 a.m. It was the game got rowdy. No other place, no other time would that ever be able <laughs> to, to happen. And all of the stories we've had here on the show, whether it's it's uh, grown adults eating or drinking hot sauce or or. Uh, you know, happy shakes, which is basically a happy meal blended all together um, to people getting to people dressing up to people losing kids on youth Congress trips um, and then having to find them like no other place with this. It makes sense other than youth ministry, because for all of the things we're trying to do, we're still dealing with teenagers and young adults and things can get a little crazy. Well, listen, thank you so much for sharing your passion for Bible quizzing. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, and sharing your your heart with us. And I I do believe you're going to help not just quizzing coaches that are currently in operation, but hopefully we will inspire the launching next season of a few new teams. So thank you very much, Russ, for your time. Thank you so much. That would be wonderful. I look forward to helping those te- existing teams, the brand new teams, as much as I can. Thanks so much, Adam.